Oh, hey there, you tushy touchers. It's your boy, Kevin Goatee. So, well, surprise, it's time for another fantastic episode of Gutting the Sacred Cow, the best movie review slash movie debate podcast out there. You know who's a fantastic gutter? Mike Price. Why? Well, he's back every so often. You should know why I love him. He picks great films, he makes great arguments, and he's funny. Oh, yeah, this episode, he has chosen one. I guarantee it's going to rankle a lot of you. Dead Poets Society. That's right. Everyone loves to say, oh, Captain, my Captain, but did you forget everything else in between? Is it worth it? Mike Price doesn't think so. Joining me as guest host, oh, you know him, you love him. I know it's me, but besides me, it's Kevin Israel. Let's see if Mike Price can truly sink Dead Poets Society. Hanging around, hanging around, kids got alligator blood. Guest host Kevin Israel, this is becoming a reoccurrence people like to see. Oh, this is, I need to stay on brand, so. What film is that from? I have, I have no, it doesn't even, it, it does, it's, it doesn't even like tickle a memory, so I have no idea. My favorite writer from The Simpsons, Mike Price, rejoins us. And Mike Price, you're a cult, you're, you're very good with these quotes. How about that quote? Hanging around, hanging around, kids got alligator blood. Uh, I'm going to say the alligator kid. I don't know. <laughs> well, this is a very obvious one. If I do it in the accent, hanging around, hanging oh, around. It's Kids right, got alligator rounders. Yeah. Rounders. I thought you'd get that oh, one. Oh, I've never uh, seen Rounders. Jack, Jack, rounders is a, that's a new one for me. Rounders is a great what? movie. No, I Mike love Price. Poker. I love playing cards and poker. The worst and Russian accent ever done. Yeah, but a sweet tracksuit. <laughs> but it's the Russian accent we all do. Oh, it's a, <laughs> Mike Price, you're missing an absolute beauty. Actually, I saw that in the theater as well in college. As we were nice. our pre tape yep. pop. Oh, it's a great Kevin Goatee, Kevin Israel, Mike Price, our pal is back. Mike has chosen a film. This is going to piss a lot of you folks off because I think a little bit Ralph and David, the producer, jumped on this one. Say anything a few weeks ago. Mike has chosen 1989. I see a thread here. Dead Poets Society. Wowie yeah. zowie. 1989, as I argue, the best year for film in the history of this fine country. Wow. All right. Fight me on that. Look up the research, and then you'll say, Goatee's right again. Mm, I would say 1939. Uh, I'm not going to give that Gone with the Wind beef with you. Uh, Gone with the Wind, not that good. Wizard of Oz. Good. Stagecoach. All right, go on. Go on. Did not see Stagecoach. How about Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, the aforementioned? (laughs) Batman. That's good. Major. Batman. I saw all those in New York City, in big theaters in New York City. Major League? Sure, good. It's three right there. Nightmare on Elm Nightmare yeah. Street 5. Just kidding. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Doc Hollywood? No, it's probably... That's it. That was 91, actually. Oh, was Doc Hollywood has a great nudity, nudity scene in the very Never beginning. Saw yeah. Never Lawn saw that. Never saw Don't we'll just watch the first Lawn eight Lawn minutes. <laughs> you guys forget a little, about a little film called Blue Steel with Jamie Lee Curtis? No, I'm just kidding. All oh, right. Mike's chosen... Back to the Future 2? It was in 1989. I love Back to the Future, too. I can argue it's better than the first. 1989 budget of $16.4 bucks, a box office haul of $235.9 million. Dollars. I was floored crazy. it made what? that much money. Yeah. That is crazy. Was this a Captain American movie? <laughs> That's insane. And it, you ready? And I looked. I forgot exactly when, but I remember saying that was released in the summertime. Again. Oh, you know what else came out, too? But it sucked. Ghostbusters 2, another blockbuster. Yeah. 
Was that purely on just the power of Robin Williams? Because it's not like any this this book wasn't this hugely read book or anything. Right. Like, no, this is an original screenplay. It wasn't even a book. It was yeah. a book. No, yeah. this was a book. It was a no, book. This, the guy yeah. won the Oscar yeah. for best original screenplay. It was a book. I'm telling you, Mike. Two thousand two thousand twenty. You keep talking. I'm going to look it up. I, <laughs> all right, you can stop me when I'm wrong. Uh, two thousand twenty-three right. money. <laughs> 2023 money, $48 million budget, $572.3 million. Half a billion dollars in today's money for this. That blows me away. Israel's as shocked as I am. I'm honestly, I have I just can't explain why that movie would have done so well. Like, I don't know. What was was the marketing like? Watch Robin Williams suck Robin Williams. Yeah, really, really. I don't know. (laughs) You've never seen. Uh, According to Wikipedia, the original script was written by Tom Shulman based on his own experiences at the Montgomery Bell Academy in Nashville, Tennessee. So it's not a book. It's not based on a book. Oops. I could have swore it was. I did, I did too. Back to my argument. Every, oh, I swear to you, every other movie like this was based on some book. There was a movie called The Separate Piece, based on a book called The Separate Piece that I had to read in high school. Uh, I read that. Yep. Kind of I did too. School. Anyway. Back to my 1989 argument. Of course, Weekend at Bernie's, Uncle Buck, when Harry met Sally, uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures, not really. Uh, and of course, who could forget the okay. James Bond classic, License to Kill, and of course, Canine with Jim Belushi. Oh, and Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. And one of my all-time favorites, Lethal Weapon 2. Half of those were said in jest. Half of those were dead serious. Back Lethal to... Lethal Weapon 2. Hmm. I love I it. I, that one. It is better than the first one. Ready? Right, ready? Is that where the guy keeps saying diplomatic immunity? Yes, it is! <laughs> love it! It's Joe Pesci. It's Kai Comedy. It's, oh. Right, yeah, Joe Pesci was good at that. Yeah. IMDB, fellas, you know the drill. One to ten with decimal points. Mike, IMDB scored Dead Poet Society. Laid oh. on me, pal. You know, I saw it the other day, but I forget it. But I'm going to say like a 8.2. How about you, Kevin Israel? Uh, real quick, the, there was a novelization version of the movie uh, at, that went on to be pretty popular, which is why. There you go. All right. Um, anyhow, uh, IMDb okay. 9.1. Mike is damn near done. That's on 8.1. Oh, okay. Look at you. Israel, Rotten Tomatoes critic score 1 through 100. Go. 87. Mike. Uh, 78. 84. Oh, all right. Audience score, Mike. Same percentage, you mean? Uh, yes, yes, sorry. 89. K.I. Here we came out. <laughs> K.I., um, what do you got, buddy? I would have gone with that. I'll go 90. 92. Wow. <laughs> Quotes. I'll get it out of the way for you boys. Oh, Captain, my captain. And that's it. This film is not quotable one bit. Why don't you boys? Uh, why don't you boys fight over the scraps for the next one? Or is it one's? Uh... Well, I will say I was doing some reading about this after I rewatched it again over the weekend, and one of the lines from it, like "Carpe Diem, seize the day," made some list of like AFI's one hundred greatest movie quotes. I was like, <laughs> "What the ever living?" Well, well yeah, Mike. 
Someone just stole fun fact number four. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Unbeknownst to you, no, no need for apologies. I have, I have actually re- referenced in my day to day life a barbaric yawp. So that, for some reason, that always stuck with me. Please tell me you you use that barbaric yawp in a courtroom argument as a lawyer. Yes, yes. <laughs> I, I said, Your you- Honor, I shall now yawp like a barbarian. <laughs> <laughs> and what did Judge Wapner say when you did that in his courtroom? <laughs> I'm finding you in contempt. Um, but also, there was they're actually uh, you can't save Keating, but you can save yourself. I thought that was a good quote. Hey, speaking of contempt for court, since you're the lawyer, what happens if you are in contempt? Does that mean you actually spend the night in jail or you just fined? It's kind of up to the judge. You can, you can, or you can get fined. It's just, it's up to the judge. What's a fine usually go for ballpark? I that I wouldn't know. It's not. I mean, it's not bankrupting. It's probably five hundred bucks. Oh, uh, and what does one have yeah. to do to get contempt? You know, use racial slurs while calling while addressing the judge. I mean, it's it's got to yeah, be a I lot. Mean, it's got to be a lot. Yeah, if there, you right? if you do that, you're gonna you're spending the night in the in the clink. Okay, but uh, yeah, if you if you just keep pu- if you just keep pushing, if you you know if the judge, you know, overrules you, issues a you know some kind of order, and you don't obey it repeatedly. It's it's basically what you see in the movies. Okay, all right. Because oh well, that's good to know. Because that that's a that did happen, as we know. But it doesn't happen nearly right. as often as the movies would have you believe. Yeah, you think that in Law One Hundred and One, you're going to get the Al Pacino and Justice for All. I'm out of order. You're out of order. The whole damn system is out of order. How I'm- Kevin? How often have you been in a court where the judge? Bangs his gavel so much that the little thing goes flying, <laughs> off, flying off. away. <laughs> yeah, those those are those are nailed down. Oh, oh man! Another thing we've learned: Hollywood lied to us about another movie trope debunked. Oh god, we could do another hour and a half on this. Five fun facts. Oh, there's a lot of them on this one. I love in Sirius XM on twenty six in twenty sixteen. Matt Damon and Ben Affleck auditioned for unspecified roles. Surprise. After Canoe, K-N-E-W, I'll assume, uh, directed, Dustin Hoffman was signed on to direct as well as play the role of Keating, but there were scheduling conflicts and arguments about the date. Here's Dustin Hoffman. Uh, Carpe diem, seize the day. That's a (laughs) shitty Dustin Hoffman. I'm I'm going to hang that up. Thank you. Finally, the studio gave the movie to six-time Oscar nominee, Peter Weir, yeah, nice way to close the deal, Peter. Six-time loser, right? Who uh, <laughs> <laughs> had found success with Revenge of the Nerds? Wow, what you talk about a no, story. no, no. The other guy was Revenge of the Nerds. Yes. The guy Canoe, whatever, was Revenge of the Nerds. Yes, correct. Excuse me. Before Peter Long, uh, Peter Weir came along, Canoe had found who had found success with Revenge of the Nerds was right. set to direct. Canoe wanted I, I want you to guess, but it will be here all day. Wanted Liam Neeson to play Keating. Wow. Back then? What was 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 he? Yeah, he was man? barely in anything then. I mean he was he in was, like Dark Man. I was just Dark gonna say man. Dark Man was it. And wasn't he, and in, he the was de- in this the movie? Deadpool, the Deadpool, the Dirty Harry one, right? He might have been in that. He was in oh, the wow. first time I ever saw him was in this movie with Cher, where Cher played a lawyer and he was this deaf mute guy, like a homeless guy who was accused of murder, and he was like a homeless Williamson. Schindler's list. Movie. No. no, yeah, no, I forgot what it was called, like The Accused or something, but it was that, like no, a, a, a courtroom yeah. movie uh, where he was this guy accused of murder, but he was like a, a homeless 
of deaf mute guy. What, what dickhead casting member said, you know what? You know, I could see as a role as a lawyer. Share. <laughs> Fuck out of here. Oscar winner. Yeah. Uh, okay. Next for his part though. So uh, the studio though, wanted Robin Williams, hence why Liam Neeson not in for his part. Williams seemed reluctant to work with canoe, which led to a disastrously botched first day of shooting, according to Shulman, because he didn't show up. <laughs> oh, Robin Williams didn't show up. Wow. The movie, number two. The movie is faithful mm -hmm. to Shulman's screenplay, except for a scene in which the boys discover that Keating has Hodgkin's disease. The scene was intended to show why Keating is so intent on seizing the day, but thought the movie was stronger without it. Disagree. <laughs> Disagree, too. <laughs> Because it's like, he's just, oh, we'll get into that. But like, his character is like a nothing. He's just this guy who says things and then goes home. Like, you know, he has a girlfriend living in London or something. That's all you know about him. But like, yeah, anyway. It's like they cut the picture of the magazine out and put it in the frame and said, yeah, I have a girlfriend. She's in London. See? <laughs> get, get this. Get this for number three. This one to completely demolish my mind. Do you know Dead Poet Society outgrossed these two films, also 1989, <laughs> The Little Mermaid and Honey, I Shrunk the Kids? That it's, it's those absurd. two are juggernauts. Wow. Wow. Absurd. Uh, picking up Touchstone's first Oscar nomination for Best Picture. I'm floored it outscored, uh, outgrossed The Little Mermaid. That, Daddy, I, mean, I, I want to see I Little just Mermaid. Trying to Shut remember. Up. I'm. Tr I know. You're going to see this and you'll like it. <laughs> I'm trying to re remember, like, I was alive then, you know, so, like, people just went to the movie. I guess there was TV to watch, but it wasn't like, if that movie was made today, it would maybe be uh, on Netflix and show up, like, for a second on Netflix. Like, uh, people don't go to those, pay money to see those movies, kind of movies anymore. But, but even even mm -hmm. even with just the, the idleness of the amount of people that would go see a movie just because that's all there was to do at that time, to make yeah. that much, like if you told me it made $80 million, I still would have been like, wow, yeah. that's impressive. $200 million. That's a, that's a phenomenon. Yeah. I guess, you know, people really did like Robin Williams. He had just come off good morning, Vietnam, I think was a movie right before that. You know, it was, so that was and awake, oh, no, Wakings was after that. Well, yeah. Wakings was after that. Yeah. 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 Club paradise, Moscow on the Hudson. And, uh, and a few years removed from Popeye, which I've never seen. And I don't plan. I, oh, the adventures of Baron. Oh, yeah. Popeyes yeah. was Popeyes was a movie that was a great portrayal of a character in a terrible movie. Yeah. Never saw it. Don't plan it because I heard yeah. yeah, it's not good. It's not uh, one of Robert Altman's uh, must see movies. I will say that. Yeah, <clears throat> but it is cool seeing Robin Williams play Popeye because he does a really yeah. good job. Yeah. And with your favorite actress in it too, Shelley Duvall. There, Kevin Israel. Mm -hmm. Did she squeal? Did she squeal every three seconds in this film? As she I got to admit, though, she, she pulls off. They did the, the casting of the movie was amazing. Everybody looked and sounded exactly like the cartoon. But then there was just yeah. no movie and the music was ridiculous. Yeah. Number four, the aforementioned Mike Price line. This is number 95 out of the American Film Institute's top 100. If this does not solidify my argument that the AFI is completely out of touch. I want you to go to Camp Lejeune and chug two gallons of water right now. Have you been sending me those emails, you son of a bitch? <laughs> Who in their right goddamn minds is dropping this at the water cooler, at a barbecue, at the tailgate with the boys? No one. Stop it. 
But also, if you just say carpe diem, which is a phrase ubiquitous, you're not, you're not necessarily quoting this movie. Like, yeah, right. Like this yeah, movie can't claim every time somebody said carpe diem. Well, that's <clears throat> that's Dead Poet Society. Yeah, that's true. Maybe if you lean in your friend's ears and whisper to them, then it counts. <laughs> you know, a little film also in 1989 did a lot better. And they said, if you build it, he will come. And that's, of course, Field of Dreams. Oh, Field of Dreams, sure. That was a good year for me. All right, I'm trying to come around. See, Mike? I told you. Mm-hmm. Number and five. you can say that in your friend's ear when you're sli- standing behind him. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, he also says, go the distance, which you know what that means. <laughs> Grab Asri is up for play. <laughs> Number five, Matt Carey, the actor who portrays Hopkins. Who the fuck remembers the guy's names in these films? Delivers the line, the cat sat on a mat was a St. Andrews student at the time. And surprise, he earned more than his teachers that year for saying uh-huh. that one line. That's right. He has one line, like they're all being told to make up a poem and he says it as a fuck you to Robin Williams. Right. And then at the very end, he's one of the guys who like, is there on his desk. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. How cute. Well, let's get, let the fans <laughs> get on on the fun boys as we of course go to ask a gutter. At Ed Dwyer, why does Hollywood keep making these, quote, savior teacher movies with the teacher that does things in some unorthodox fashion when 99.9% of us never had a teacher that did anything like these movies? You're right, Ed. I don't know. You know what? I'll disagree with that on this much. We all have a, a teacher that we do remember who did something. I had an, I had an English teacher who was awesome. Oh. Who, who who actually really turned me on to reading books and getting right. into that. So I think, yeah, mo- most teachers are not this great savior, but I think everybody has some teacher that they go, ah, that was, I remember Mr. Shea. He was a good guy. Well, you know, this That's obviously true. spawned and inspired Dangerous Minds as well as Finding Forrester. And I think, oh, Stand and Deliver was 88. Yeah. So this was after right. the fact. And then before that, <clears throat> like 20 years before this was To Sir With Love. That was maybe the original. Yeah. With Stephen sure. Poitier. But uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. There's not too many movies about shitty teachers that uninspire <laughs> people. There should be more of those. Did you all not see the parody? High School High starring John Lovitz. Oh, John Lovitz. Right. Yeah, I know. Oh, I, I saw it in the theater. <laughs> I stole my $8 I just remember back. the. I still remember the one joke about the kid that had dreadlocks and the little cars are racing around. The- <laughs> his, uh, not, not dreadlocks, cornrows. Sorry. Maybe, I, maybe yeah. I'm due for a rewatch. I don't know. Yeah. At Matt Carandro, as he's known him fondly as Mitch from Mendham. Oh, Captain, my captain, please dump vigorously and viciously on that pretentious snooze fest. But he does have a question, and I love it. How much better would this movie be if they had let Robin Williams inhale Caddyshack levels of cocaine? Who's to say he wasn't? He he was definitely he was definitely <laughs> on the low end of his of his intake at that point. <laughs> which actually is funny because he was going through a divorce, which is also why he was in a foul mood in this oh, movie. Oh, I see. Oh, Captain. Oh, well, Captain. My Captain. My, <laughs> that's one of my points I'll talk about later. Is that if you're gonna have Robin Williams, then let him fucking be Robin Williams. Like he only has one scene where he. He does that stuff and it's pretty terrible because he's he's half-assing it. So yeah, the, the John Wayne impression. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I had to Google go. When did this film take place? And when did Marlon Brando and yeah. uh, Wayne make films? Because you go, we're dangerously close to that didn't happen, but it did. Yeah, it's, so it's fifty nine, right? Yeah, fifty nine. Yep. It took place in. At next one, at Joe loves Kem. 
Is Robert Sean Leonard, by the way, never go with three names. You look like a goddamn serial killer. Is Robert Sean Leonard not more famous because he and Tom Everett Scott, Tom Everett Scott, another one. Or would you be surprised if these guys walk into a Walmart or a bank and start opening fire with those names like that? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Is Robert Sean Lennon not more famous because he and Tom Everett Scott cancel each other out? Are they the same person? Mm, they're not the same person, but they could very well be. Yeah. You know, he went on, Robert Sean Lennon went on to have a pretty good career. He was on House all those years, yeah. and he's done okay. Yeah. yeah. What are you, his agent, Mike? Jesus, you're defending him. I am. I am. <laughs> Bobby. Hey, Bobby, I'm just talking about you. These guys. I, I got you Bobby. opening a, a car dealership <laughs> in Van Nuys next to the wonderful, <laughs> wacky, wavy, inflatable guy. <laughs> it pays 500 and my cuts 10%. So we'll see you there yeah. on Saturday too. Yeah. Next at Lord Snurts. I haven't seen it, but so far I've agreed with Mike's tastes. Also Robin Williams are movie. Robin Williams movies are hits hit in this. Excuse me. So his question is this. It's 1960. After John Keating is fired, he moves to South Beach and starts performing at the Birdcage Club. What's his drag name and what song does he perform for the finale? Oh man, that's a good question. Snurts kills these questions. Kills them. His drag name is uh, Poetry Pam. I don't know. <laughs> and his his <laughs> his song. God, I don't know. I will survive. Nah, that's a typical knee jerk reaction on a, a yeah. drag club drag queen. Mike, I expect better from you. You write, you write for the I Simpsons know. for Christ's uh, sake. Let's see here. Next question at Bango two three three one. OMG, I hated that movie. It's so goddamn corny. Only thing I would have saved it is if when that kid jumped up and yelled, oh, Captain, my captain, Robin Williams told him to sit down and shut the fuck up. That would have been good. You know, there was a really funny SNL sketch based on that. I don't know if you saw it in the last uh, three or four seasons ago, no, where sir. it was basically that scene where they all get up on the uh, on the desks to uh, do that, and they all get decapitated by ceiling fans. <laughs> <laughs> it was really good. It was really funny. Uh, let me double check here. See if that's going to do it for Ask a Gutter. Come on, fellas. Where are you hiding here? Do, 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 do. Oh, here we go. Where does Walt Whitman rank? Oh, this is Rex Crumb. Excuse me. Where does Walt Whitman rank on the list of 19th century American writers that everyone knows only because they were forced to read them for a high school class? Whitman, Edgar Allan Poe, Helen, mm. Herman Melville, they all have to be at the table. So where does Whitman rank on that list? Because people know super him. top, super top. I'd super say top. And like the only thing they know of him is, is that, oh, Captain, my captain, probably maybe from watching this movie. <laughs> Although I'd say if you watch Breaking Bad, you might know a lot more about Walt Whitman now because there's a lot of Walt yes. Whitman stuff in Breaking Bad. Wasn't, wasn't that the book he was reading on the toilet where Hank found it and then realized, yes, oh, that's shit, right. that's Walter White. God damn, that's the greatest show ever made still. Not going to yeah. not gonna hear any arguments otherwise. That's going to close Ask a Gutter. Hey, and for everybody, no one listens to the end of podcasts, so let's get those quotes out now. Quotes. Let's get those plugs out now. Mike Price, The Simpsons. Anything else besides that you're working on, or what else would a shout out? No, that's it. The Simpsons were in the middle of season 34 right now, unbelievably. Uh, sure. We're about to end the season very strongly in a couple of weeks with a big episode. The guest star is the amazing Lizzo, uh, and uh, yeah, just keep. I'm in, I'm at the Simpsons office right now. We're working on writing season 35. 
Oh my God! How many? This is, uh, this is a wet dream for a twelve-year-old Kevin. What? Uh, what? What? How many? How many years do they give you guys extension? I know you guys signed another extension not too long uh, ago for thirty-five and thirty-six. So we're writing thirty-five now, and then we'll okay. and we have thirty season thirty-six after that. Well, which would take us to uh, you know two years or so, two or three years from now. So Gosh. who knows? Wow! Who knows after that? It's amazing. I mean, that's the most impressive run in the history of television by far. Kevin Israel, what are you up to besides making another baby? Well, I am 100% that bitch. And <laughs> you can find out everything that I am doing besides being that bitch at kevinisrael.com. I got some good comedy coming up in the spring into the mm-hmm. early summer. So come check me out and check out my album, The Struggle is Real, on iTunes and everywhere else you get audio stuff. Since he is that bitch, check him playing jazz flute at his next set. That'll be a jazz flute. That'll, that'll be a yes flute. That'll be a sight for sore eyes. KevinGoatee.com, of course. Gutting the sacred cow at gmail.com if you want to advertise with us. And hey, for all you new listeners out there, we love it when you write those five star ratings, two or three sentence reviews. God, I love screenshotting them. Is that now a word in our lexicon, screenshotting, or is it screen shooting? I'm still weighing on this. I don't know where I stand yet. Anyway, take a screenshot of the of a review. I sure do, and I put it on our socials. Much appreciated. Go out all the socials and give us that like and follow. Por favor, TikTok, Twitter, of course, Facebook, Instagram, blah, 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 and like and subscribe on Facebook. Kevin Israel, Mike's no stranger to this game. Mike's gutted more than his fair share of cows. I think he's definitely, I think he's got enough to, to claim a herd as his, uh, under his belt. <laughs> I think that's, uh, I think he's got enough there for a barbecue for a uh, Fast and the Furious crew, part 10. So let's let Mike come out here and <clears throat> gut, gut the, the <clears throat> sacred cow. cow. <laughs> well, where do I begin? Um, the beginning. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> I will say, first of all, this is going to cover everything about this movie. Who the hell or fuck cares about elite prep schools? Nobody. Like, why are there so many books and movies about elite prep schools? Like, who they're, they're called elite prep schools because, like, 1% of 1% go to them. Like, who gives a crap about it? I don't understand it, why they keep doing these these movies, there was this. There was one called The Emperor's Club with Kevin Klein. There yeah. was School Ties with Brendan Fraser. There was, you know. Toy was Soldiers. Like, How dare you forget yeah. that? Right. Toy Soldiers. Uh, the only one I think I would say of all the movies that I like is Taps. Because that ends with, like, Tom Cruise, like, killing people, shooting people out a window with a machine gun. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Scent of a Woman's fantastic. Same thing. Oh, no. Come on. I like Scent Oscar winning. Oh, I'll, I'll do that one next. Uh, you know, ooh-ah, 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 the boy's alive. They ought to burn this whole place to the ground. Yes. Anyway, uh, who cares? And I would say this too. This is such a time, a time capsule too of of the period 1989. Uh, people talk a lot about. Uh, maybe you saw this on the news recently, where uh, Jennifer Aniston had to defend Friends because you know Friends was like amazingly white, and there were no hardly any black people on the show. What? Yeah. Yeah. I would say that this movie makes friends look like the wire because there's like like a million people in this movie. They're all white, super white, super uh, elite, you know, whatever. It's all like the whitest movie of all time. To be fair. And I agree. Don't get me wrong. Because I made note of that. Yeah. It is New England, 1959. So there's there's a time to get away with it. That was it. 
But wasn't the one girl, the girl that Josh Charles is into is goes to a public high school, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think. I mean, there could have been somebody. I mean, I agree. No, I agree. There's, I a, there's a scene in the theater with like 150 people watching this play. Even the yeah. janitor could have been there. I don't know. Anybody, <laughs> anybody. Anyway, so that's that. Okay, next, next point. Three. The movie is to me is so incredibly fake. It's so set up like it's 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 so incredibly fake and phony and like this binary choice of like of like these especially the Robert Sean Leonard who's a very good actor and then his father is a great amazing actor Kurtwood Smith who I had a really happy uh, opportunity to work with he was played a character on Ephesus for Family wonderful guy. He was so good in like um, RoboCop, and he's yes, he of- was. I love yeah, RoboCop, so, and of course, uh, you know that '70s show. Uh, anyway, he has to play such a cartooniest, like cardboard villain of a father. <laughs> like, no son of mine is going to do extracurricular <laughs> activities. It's <laughs> the point that he, spoiler alert, he drives the kid to kill himself because he he wants to be an actor. He wants to be in a play, so he tells him you can't be in a play. He sneaks off and does it anyway. He finds out and he shows up and then he basically, the first thing he tells him he can't be in it. He finds out like the day before he can't be in a play and he goes, son, you'll have to quit that play. And he's like, but father, I love acting. And he's like, you're going to go to law medical school and be a doctor. You know, I, I sacrificed for you. You can't do this. You're going to quit that play. And he goes, but father, the play is tomorrow. <laughs> he says, it's tomorrow night. After that, I'll be done with it. And he's like, no, that's not good enough for me. You tell them now you're quitting. It's so crazy. And then he and then he, he he's so good in the play, you know, by, by the standards of the movie. He does a good job. Everybody loves him. He's so happy. And then the father takes him home and basically shames him and then says, all right, son, that's it. Let's go to bed. And by the way, the the key to the gun drawer. <laughs> the key to the gun drawer is over here. It's so bad. But but I would say this like from the moment I saw that happen in the beginning, where he tells him like you know, quit the thing. He wanted to be in the school newspaper or the school uh, yearbook. I knew like okay, this kid is doomed. This kid is doomed. And then as he gets more and more into the dead poet society, and he's like he's like oh, I feel so happy. I feel so alive. It's like this is exactly like every cop in every movie saying like I'm only one day away from retirement. <laughs> You know, before he gets killed. So to me, it's super phony. That's phony. There's such phoniness later on, too, where um, uh, I'm tipping ahead a little bit with Robin Williams. There's a scene where Robin Williams does that kind of like John Wayne stuff, you know, like, well, uh, to be or not to be, you know, that kind of thing. He's doing Shakespeare as John Wayne, which is, in my mind, incredibly lame. But anyway, then they had this shot of all the kids like literally like busting their asses laughing at them. They're like, oh, 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 that's like those movies set in comedy clubs where you see like the like punchline where you see, yeah. you see the, the, the Tom Hanks or Sally Field, who's not a good comedian, <laughs> like absolutely killing. And they have to pay the extras to laugh, to laugh like they're watching uh, Richard Pryor. Anyway, I felt <laughs> bad for Ethan Hawke and all those kids having to laugh and pretend like Robin Williams is, is making their split their sides with his reference to Marlon Brando doing Shakespeare. Um, what else? The, the Robin Williams' character, not himself, him personally, but like he is like this weird cult leader kind of guy. Like it's almost like he says like, he says like, call me yo captain. And, you know, like he's definitely encouraging them to idolize him in this weird way. It's not just about getting exposing the poetry, but he wants to be like, I mean, today we might call it grooming. Like he's sort of like getting them like whatever, like into him. And and he 
it's so weird. It's it's so I find it creepy. Um, and then what else? The very it, beats, it builds this big ending where because of what happens, because Robert Sean Leonard kills himself because his dad wouldn't let him be in a play, which is kind of a dramatic act anyway. But um, and then it turns into like we're going to drive this so-called dead poet society out of school. And even the head of the, the headmaster of the school, another amazing actor, Norman Lloyd, who was on St. Mm-hmm. Elsewhere, says like we will root out this 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 teacher trying to inspire students. <laughs> like it's so it's such a phony choice anyway. So then all the kids are forced to to recant and sign this letter basically saying like, yeah, Mr. Mr. Keating, Robin Williams made us do this. And like if they don't sign it, they're going to they're going to be expelled. So they all they all they all cave. Even Ethan Hawke, this very sensitive young guy, he does it, too. And then he's leaving like he's fired. Mm-hmm. Robin Williams is fired. He's completely fired and he's leaving. And then they decide to do the, the right thing. And they decide to stand up and yeah. say, oh, Captain, my cap-. like the Spartacus moment. It would be like if they did the Spartacus <laughs> moment after Spartacus was already crucified and dead. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm Spartacus too. You know, like Spartacus is lying there. He's fucking dead. Oh, yeah, I'm standing up for him right now. It's like, it's too late, guys. Uh, what else? Robin, like I said before, Robin Williams is so tame in this. He's not, he's not the Robin Williams that people liked. I'll say this about Rob Williams. When he first came around, I, I watched a little bit of more committee. I was old enough to see that. And then his first his first special that was on like HBO or, or Showtime that was called, I think it was called like Reality What a Concept. It was like the name of his first album. Was unbelievable. And I remember watching with a bunch of my friends and saying, Oh my God, this guy is like the greatest comedian I've ever seen. He's incredible. He's so great. Uh and uh, you know, it's very tragic the way he, his life ended and everything. I'm, I'm sad about that. But even by this point, like his his shtick was starting to wear thin, you know, and and so I felt like it was lame. The stuff he was doing, the John Wayne stuff was lame. The Marlon Brando stuff he was doing was lame. They should have just let him go with it, go go rip rip ass crazy, you know, or not have him in it. Or, or even a better movie would have been if it had been. You mentioned Bill Cash, uh, Caddyshack, like Bill Murray, Meatballs, Bill Murray, or or like somebody who could just really t- tear it up and not just be kind of gently inspiring. I don't know. I'm I'm getting up. I'm getting uh, carried away here. Right. Such a good actors, like I said, Norman Lloyd, um, Kurtwood Smith, young Ethan Hawke, uh, who as a sidelight, I met him when he was much younger than this. I was in a play in uh, New Jersey in 1983, and I was in college then. And he was a, a kid they they recruited to be from from the local town who was in this play. And I had a, I had a scene with him, and he was a very nice kid. He was very very. He was like 11 years old. Very, very nice kid. And then like 10 years later, whatever, I was like, holy shit, this kid's in the movies now. Anyway, and he's a fantastic actor, but he he didn't have much to do in this. Um, what is it? Right, I mentioned this, I mentioned this. Robin Williams, right. Uh, let him go crazy. I think I'm running out of stuff to say. Like I said, <laughs> I'm getting to the end with Robin Williams, you know, who who had done some really good stuff. He, he kind of became like a parody of himself there with like doing all that stuff all the time. And like people used to imitate him doing like, oh, hey, hey, oh, you know, like, oh, praise Jesus, whatever, like all that stuff. He was just at the beginning of that here. I don't know what to think about him in this because he did some good stuff, but he didn't they didn't have he didn't do enough good stuff or they should have let him really go crazy. Like his best movie in a way is Aladdin, where he just has to be a voice. In the Without team. a doubt. Oh, yeah. Doubt. Although yep. that's that's full of stuff now. Like if you watch it now, I'm sure you'd be like. What is he doing? Like he's doing Arsenio. Yeah, you couldn't <laughs> get away with Arsenio that. Arsenio Hall. He's doing yeah. William F. Buckley. 
It's like that's some references that people would not get right now. I mean, he went all anyway. he, he went all full, and then that's what I guess made Mrs. Doubtfire work because he went all batshit as well as Patch Adams were two more that they really oh. let the took the uh, the governors off of him and let him go full yeah. coked out Robin. <laughs> anyway, so it all adds up to me like a big ball of nothing in a way. I found it a little boring. Mostly dull, mostly who cares. Uh, and I read some reviews. Like I was looking through this. Like I am uh, Rotten Tomato reviews. Where a lot of the time, we're like, okay, you. I think if you did like a sequel, like years later, like every single one of them is like, work, you know, voting for Nixon, whatever. Like he ultimately didn't do anything except make one kid kill himself. That was that was all the effect he had on these kids. I believe was <laughs> was drive one kid to kill himself. So uh, you know, that's my take. Give me the old one to ten, Mike. Oh, well, I'll be charitable and, and say five. But you don't have to be charitable. It. I want you to be real. All right, four. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it when I ask for real, Kevin Israel, they always feel like I'm bullying them? I go, all right, fine. It's always one point lower. <laughs> Because you're like, I'll oh, be well, nice. I don't, don't go, I don't want goatee to think I'm a rating bussy. <laughs> it's like if you, I know you feel that way. You're just like, oh, I'll be nice. No, don't be nice. Be real. You came on here because you hate it. So be real. He's dead. He won't care. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, someone's talking behind my back. I can hear behind the, behind the grave. Oh, there you go. Another <laughs> shitty Robin Williams impression. See, I'm not good at those. Those two impressions. I should just Kevin Israel. Go ahead, pal. Roll up those white sleeves and you know. Hit us, uh, hit us with the the wisdom that we all love. So I, I, first of all, Mike hit almost all of my points. So that's always a pain in the ass. But I think we can all agree that when a movie starts and it's in a, an all boys preparatory school, you know nothing good is going to happen. <laughs> like nothing. Like nobody's ever seen like you know those kids like reluctantly walking into one of those castle looking buildings and been like this is going to be yeah this is going to end up good for them i feel like unless unless your school teaches defense against the dark arts and potions it's probably going bad for you fuck to say then, that shit, <laughs> shit. yes um, well done well done so yeah it's just you know it's but but it's also for i look i didn't go to a private school um I never had that experience. I didn't really. I don't think I'd even know anybody that went to a private school like that. So for me, it's almost like a uh, like 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 a fantasy land. Like this doesn't actually like this. It can't actually be like it, but I know it does. Um, so and so seeing that is a strange thing. I also think, and I, I understand why it happens, but the idea of an all boys school is just such a terrible idea. Mm-hmm. Like nothing good is going to come out from take taking guys at their most hormone ridden worst decision making point in their life and saying, you can't have any girls around you. Do you know that you go through that school with a black light? It might just it's you should probably glows for miles. You could see it. That's just hard. They even made the joke of the movie at some point. They're about like, give us something to do besides beating off. And I was like, that was the most honest point in this movie. Right. All these kids are just jerking yeah. off constantly. You're, you're so right. I mean, their, so, their walls must be like fucking bleach white without yeah. black lights. I mean, it's got to be the best Jackson Pollock painting that no one's ever seen. Like they whipped out that picture of that lady with those mammoth boobs. Yeah. Which, by the way, <laughs> good for you, yeah. ma'am, whoever you are. I, you're probably dead, but gee, oh, natural. I was just, and I'm, I'm, I watched it with my wife, and I just looked at her, and I was like, 
you got to give credit where credit are due. Those things are fantastic. <laughs> those aren't boo. Those aren't booms. I call them clackers. Yeah. <laughs> they clack. They clack when she's get when she's. Getting but they didn't even look. They weren't like super sad. They were just. They were, those were impressive. Yeah, Anyhow, they were just yeah. very large. It's 1959. You're in an all boys school, and somebody whips out that poster, and they're all just like, ah! And then he just puts it away. I would have been like, oh, no, Bro, no, no, no. yeah, exactly. Give me I'm that Seneca. picture. I'm going in the back of the cave. I'll be back in 13 seconds. Yeah. But it's like, yeah. And now this, and now I'm going to read this poem by Robert Frost. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I'm going to play saxophone. Did it, it's did hard. It, did it, did it. It's hard to read like, this poem through my massive erection. <laughs> All my, the blood has left my head. <laughs> my poem would have been, oh, boner, my boner. Yeah. It hurts so bad. Because yeah. <laughs> we all wore corduroys and had boners as kids, and that shit hurts. But that literally, that's all I could think every time. Like, it's just such a bad idea. Just all, all boys schools are just all girls school. I can understand. I can really understand because guys are dangerous, like especially as teenagers. I would want my daughter kept away from a boy, but as a father of a son, I want my son around as many girls as possible yeah. because he's going to go crazy otherwise. Like it's just anyway. Okay, moving up, moving on from that. Um, I do have a soft place in my heart for coming of age movies. I I don't I don't know why, and it's funny that you said a separate piece, Mike, because that um, mm-hmm. that I haven't thought about that book. Fucking thirty years, probably, and may, you know maybe that is why it, this movie kind of sticks out to me. But you're you're really right that this was a very watered down Robin Williams, and I hadn't even really thought about it. But it feels like he wanted to be the character from Goodwill Hunting, but the script right. didn't really give him that chance to have a well rounded, <clears throat> fully developed character. Yeah. And the scene where he's in this office with his with the picture of his girlfriend, I I also thought like, wow, they, he's, they've given this guy no backstory. You know, he came from England. He's taught at some fancy school in England. He came here for some unexplained reason. He left his yeah. girlfriend in England, and that's it. That's all you yeah. you know that he went to school. You went he went to the school. He was successful. You know, whatever. But you don't know anything else about this guy yeah. other than he, you know, apparently he likes to be around all boys, which now seems like a really <laughs> weird decision. <laughs> well, I kept thinking they were going to say that, like, again, I rewatched it again, you know, after, for the first time in 30 whatever years. But like, I thought they're going to say, like, because he had he started the Dead Poets study, whatever, 10 years earlier. And I thought it was going to be why did they stop it? Maybe because someone died or I thought there was something about that. There's so much that they could have done about him. It literally was just like this cardboard, yeah, inspiring nice guy. I wondered if, like, I'm gonna uh, use a weird, a weird uh, um, uh, comparison. Uh, when all this crazy George Santos stuff came out, and so everyone <laughs> said, "Oh my God, uh, John Lovitz, who we just mentioned earlier, should play him like on Saturday Night Live because he played like the liar character yeah. on the Saturday Night Live in the yeah. '80s." And so, like, and then they did bring him on on Jimmy Fallon, and they're like, "Here he is, George Santos, right?" And for whatever reason, he didn't do any of the things that he used to. When he was a famous liar guy. He didn't go like, "Yeah, yeah, that's it, that's a ticket." That's the ticket. That ticket. <laughs> he just did. He just did like George Santos stuff, which is fine. But it's like, if you're getting Lovitz in there, you got to right. get at least one that's a ticket, or one like Morgan Fairchild. Yeah, yeah, my wife. So, like, I pictured like them like having an. Oh my God, Lovitz is coming in. And he's like, uh, no, I don't do that stuff anymore. <laughs> like, yeah. why the hell are you not, here? Not and even that. Like with Robin, 
<laughs> See, I, I was going to, I love all those too, but I was going to say, how about a, the, the critic? It stinks. Yeah. Or even that. Yeah, sure. So I'm picturing like Robin Williams. Oh my God, we got Robin Williams. He was just on uh, good morning Vietnam where he's so crazy. He's going to do some crazy shit here. And he just does like the lamest, like yeah. John Wayne thing. It's like, I'm, I'm not that guy anymore. Thing. I'm not, I don't do that. I don't do that guy. <laughs> Yeah, he was too busy. Get, he was too busy getting ready for what dreams may come of him. Bicentennial man to be that serious actor. Those Years stinkers. ago, the one where he was a kid, Jack. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That? Yeah, I did. It was not good. Uh, it was a crazy one. I'm, anyway, I'm gonna sh I'm gonna show Go off ahead, for a Kevin. moment, Mike. I know you've been writing for The Simpsons for a long time, one of the most successful TV shows. But uh, earlier in my comedy career, I opened for J.J. Walker. I know. I know. Oh wow! I'm, I'm trying That's to. So I'm cool. trying to. I'm trying to one up you. And he, you can't say dynamite to him and you can't ask him to say it. It's like in his writer and he gets mad even at fans who come over and are like, dynamite. He's like, nah, man, nah. And he gets pissed. And it's like, dude, that's your one thing. That's, that's where your that's your meal ticket. And if that gets you more meals, just keep saying it like Wow. What do you what are you hanging your hat on besides dynamite? That's like P going to Peter North and not expecting them to blow a massive yeah, really. loadout. Right. I came here, here to for. see rockets. Yeah. <laughs> a fire hydrant. Let's can, go. Can Jimmy Walker go like TNT or dynamite? What happens if he goes to an ACDC concert? He's gonna have to break his own rule of thumb when they sing TNT dynamite. Oh, that's true. I don't know. I don't know. He has a he has a exclusion for that. Um anyway, back to this movie. The part of, so it was funny because I had my whole argument was gonna be based off the fact that this movie was uh was originally a book, which it is not. But but I think my argument still holds water in that this movie feels like it was based off a book that they didn't yes. translate completely because a lot of times books have so much so more story and so much more development of these characters like Ethan Hawke's yeah. character felt like somebody Ethan. I thought Ethan's Ethan Hawke's character. And I've seen this. I saw this movie once before. I thought his character was going to be the main character. And I didn't yeah. remember I didn't remember all of it. Yeah, they and keep setting up like he's the main yeah, character. He's and they talk about his brother, who I guess died in the war or whatever, and he's barely in the movie. Like there's yeah. and and then at one point, like you're supposed to see that he's coming out of his shell and he's becoming this, you know, he's a member of the Dead Poet Society. And at one point, they show him and he's got his hair like kind of slicked back and he looks like like he's becoming one of them. But they did nothing with that. They did yeah, nothing. And then true. they just bring his parents back in and he becomes kind of the same mealy mouth kid that he was when he started off who got the stupid desk set, whatever. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, and, each, true. and each of these characters kind of had this like, I kind of want to know more about like the kid who was into the girl who got he got the most story development around him. And his story ended up being kind of the most preposterous because uh, I guess the writer doesn't know how teenage girls are, but they're not nice. They're not <laughs> no. and they're not an especially forgiving or sell like they don't like this character in this movie. Like he went and he read a poem to him. And I always love in movies and in TV shows when there's a, a scene about to happen and then it's it's like a pivotal scene, like something big's going to happen. And then they suddenly cut off the scene and they go to what happens, you know, an hour later. And it's like, yeah, but how did he get out of that situation? Like he read it and then the teacher was there. How do you get out of the school? Like there was a lot that had to happen for him to just show back up. But the lazy writing was just he just have him back. He's just going to tell him that he read the poem. Yeah, so he read yeah. the poem to this girl, embarrassed her. And a teenage girl went home and thought about it and was like, you know what? 
that guy must, I'm going to go, I want to go talk to that guy. And then she went to the school and like that, that doesn't happen. Yeah. I was no, just going to say, right. say it already, Kevin, <laughs> just say it. Cause I was going to say it. <laughs> and, 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 and by the way, by the way, he was getting really close to taking advantage of an unconscious girl. Motherfucker, like, yeah. it's in here that again. Was, yeah, right. <laughs> like oh. that was a that was definitely that was. I mean, he wasn't pulling his yeah. pants down, but he it wasn't no. going full Bill Cosby. But right. he was he was definitely thinking about the Jello pudding pop. Yeah. Um. Sure. <laughs> so, look, I I could go on. I I have a I do still have a soft place in my heart for this movie. I think there is. There is some value to it. I think. I think Robin Williams. I. I mean, I just. I always like Robin Williams, and I think he does uh, a, a pretty good job. I. You know, I don't think I wanted him to be the super cartoony Aladdin character. Um, I do feel like there was a lot of story here that they didn't touch on, and that they there were things that they wanted to do. Like you, you got the feeling that when he wrote this movie, he's like, you know what I want? I want to talk about a kid whose father's such a bad guy he drives him to suicide, and I want to talk about a kid who meets a girl that he doesn't really have a chance with, and I want to talk about this teacher who's going to inspire all. And th- and th- and then he was just kind of like, and so here's the movie, and it wasn't like let's 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 give these characters a little more life and a little more feeling, so. <laughs> I, I I don't hate this movie. I don't I, I don't think I would ever yeah. speak badly of the movie, but I also don't see like me being like, hey, goatee, fucking dead poet societies. <laughs> Let's watch it. Like I've never seen that movie on cable and been like, I need to, I need to this isn't a remote test movie. Um it's not super quotable. I think I think it I think it's a I think it's a good school movie. I feel like this is a good movie to show at school when you have a day and you just want like to get the kids to think about poetry or literature in a different way because it it does provide some yeah. of that but and it and it gives you an you know sort of insight into into why you shouldn't send your kids to sleep boarding private elite schools and yeah, let really. them grow up into neo nazis. Yeah. Um so yeah, it also just, feels to me like that Oh, sorry. Sorry, Kevin. Let me cut you off. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. See, it also feels to me like I'd love to know if that book, that textbook that they read the first chapter of with that chart about how to how to chart poetry like it's math, if that was a real thing. It seems like it was a made up thing to be like the lamest, <laughs> most ridiculous poetry book of all time. Like Tobin's like, spirit guide in Ghostbusters. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's not... it seems like it can't be a real thing. He was bringing it down how to calculate whip or XFib, Mike. <laughs> baseball reference i thought he okay all right i was gonna say you, you came out you came out warbly Mike. robert frost was the most wins above replacement of all uh, poets. <laughs> there you go oh, so I'm look sorry. in the, yeah, in the end i connection here yeah i uh I'm i probably said, it's like the bill james of uh poetry like robert frost robert yeah the bill james robert frosting i was like oh there you go bill james good reference for the uh the father of rotisserie baseball guys let's just clean it up there israel go ahead finish your thought so look, in the in in the end, I probably said too much about this movie than I really warranted because I was planning on going. Mike said everything. I have nothing left to say. Um <laughs> this movie's to 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 quote a to quote a, a great Kevin Goatee, <laughs> it's fine. It 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 neither it neither titillated me nor did I mean and the and the suicide scene definitely got me. Although uh, my one last point, how did they somebody shoot himself with a gun? 
in a house that you're in and you wake up and go, what was that? Oh, you piece of shit. What was that? Oh, he's killing me on my nose. A, a broom fell over in my closet downstairs the other night and I almost shit my pants. <laughs> if somebody shot a gun, I don't care if it was a little 38. I would be calling the cops, not like, what's going on? I'm going to sneak. Like, it's a gun. And your gun, you know what a gun sounds like. Like he's he's like, what was it? I know what it is. I just told my son he's going to board to military school. He killed himself. That's what that was. Anyhow, uh, this this movie, I was going to give it a, a five point five. Uh, after listening to Mike's points, uh, I give it a five. Ooh, dropping a coco score all right good mike's on the track so far these notes what's left of them of course sponsored by gutting the sacred cow.com this sweet ass t-shirt like that yeah buddy get all that go over there hat mugs whatever you need it's there of course gtsc podcast on twitter and again leave those five star rating two or three sentence reviews on your podcast platform of choice it does help and by the way chat gpt says this is a fantastic podcast oh you don't believe me go on the twitter page i posted it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> notes we open with bagpipes in the church and god damn it there is no instrument i hate more than bagpipes i hate people that pretend to like bagpipes you don't have bagpipe fo- songs on your phone do you no you think you like them on saint patrick's day because you're trying to bang a girl from staten island who's wearing a green cat in the hat hat who's been shotgunning green beer since 5 a.m that's why you're pretending to like fucking bagpipes no one likes it stop it wow hey other worst uh holy shit clarence boddicker from robocop's in this i'm just waiting for him to go into his son's dorm room when his friends are hanging out walk in and say bitches leave (laughs) i love that quote god one of the top 10 villains in movie history catch me outside anytime five guys are in a dorm room with a closed door safely assume a circle jerk is afoot (laughs) <laughs> and I believe Ethan Hawke would be a fantastic pivot man. Is it me or are you two lads also weirded out? He called his dad father the entire time. Yeah. I, is- you know what? I, I, I skipped that note. Anytime I got somebody. Co- First of all, I don't know anybody who calls their dad father. Never. But in a movie, anytime yeah. a, a person calls them their dad father, there's some type of abusive relationship. hundred percent brainwash, yeah. brainwashing at the least M- yeah. molestation. Most likely Jesus watch. <laughs> I didn't say physical could have been mental. The prospect of living at a boarding school with all dudes seems as scintillating as developing a fistula while running at a marathon. I this think that is, might have been the only time Fishtula was said on a podcast. Yeah, really? We'll have, uh, to, we'll have I, to research that. I love throwing curveballs at you guys some here and there, no matter how gross they can be sometimes. This is how white this film is. Robin Williams is holding class outside, and he's considered an outlaw for doing so. <laughs> It's amazing that no one told Robin Williams to shut the fuck up when he's whispering Carpe Diem in front of the photos. The only thing missing from this abortive uh, uh, teaching method was him turning the chair around a la Michelle Pfeiffer in Dangerous Minds to talk to his students. (laughs) Thank you. 
These dorks, and oh, I'm going to get to these clowns. These dorks keep asking each other to do study groups every five to ten minutes, and especially while they're all in the shower together. Something is afoot here, kids. <laughs> you know, Kev. Yeah, a study, study group. group. <laughs> I kept thinking it was going to be, oh, we're doing study group, which means yeah. like, let's all get smoking weed. Yeah, exactly. But it really smoking was a weed, study yeah. group. Knox Overstreet is the name of a governor who would be on at least four flight manifests to Epstein Island. Ah, <laughs> oh, got Mike on that one. I am a man of many passions, as you've listened for over 180 episodes. I have never taken a knee for anything, and I sure as shit would not bat an eye for poetry, for Christ's sakes. This film is such white people fuckery. This film idea had to be con had to be conceived in either a Bob's Big Boy or in a vineyard with people wearing crisscrossed criss sweaters over their shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put it like this in Jersey speak. These are the people who live and die at the top of the hill at the hunt. <laughs> the hunt. <laughs> hey, uh, Jersey, you laugh. If you're not, Google. Nah, everybody's be like, what the fuck's the hunt? Yeah. This film has the same sorry, this film has the same relatability for me as shotgunning natty lights while sitting front row of a Larry the Cable Guy show. <laughs> Guys, I'm just trying to say I'm not buying dudes sneaking off to do poetry and plays behind their parents' back as viable elements of a film of dudes at boarding school. Get into it, you got it. <laughs> the ginger of this motley crew looks like Buzz from Home Alone without the homicidal <laughs> tendencies. Although he is a bad guy. Yeah. Well, yeah. We'll, get, well, well, you slow your roll, Mike. I'm getting there. <laughs> I got him covered. Finally, minute 39, and something happens in that cave that actually happens in real life. Kevin Israel called it the dude whips out a porno mag. See, younger <laughs> listeners, a porno mag was one of two major forms of currency amongst younger dudes while not having to share links on your phone to see naked women. <laughs> Good old days. Wait, this is 1959, but the one kid starts rapping in the cave. I had that written down and I didn't say it. God damn it. I said, I was going to say how we culturally, okay. culturally appropriate. All right, so I was wrong. The, the movie isn't all white. Yeah. Guys, rap didn't come around for at least 20 more years. Sugar Hell Gang. He's rapping in the damn cave. I, I threw my, asked my wife, I threw my yellow legal pad in the air. Go, we'll see. There you go. Well done. Well Thank done. you. I would have loved to see Michelle Pfeiffer from Dangerous Minds try and do these ruses on her kids in the films. Jumping on the desk saying, oh, Captain, my captain, would have gotten a switchblade tossed her way. <laughs> now the students in the cave are playing grab ass while playing the piccolo and bongos. Even for the whitest of white people, which I'll, I'll take a bow for that sometimes. This is a cauldron of horse shit. With a, <laughs> with a double helping of that doesn't happen. <laughs> Next up, oh wait, now they've managed to combine two things that bore the piss out of me. Reciting, <laughs> po reciting poetry and kicking soccer balls. Nope and nope. And then they pick Robin Williams up like he just scored the game winner in Lake Placid against the Russians. Shut the yeah. fuck up. I think he was... 
I got to tell you, I think he was just angling for that one moment when all these boys picked him up and grabbed him about the legs and trunk, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Loud and clear, Mike. Forging a note is something every kid has done, but Christ on a cross, lying about getting a role in a play, I have completely tapped out on any semblance of reality that this film is trying to paint. I'll believe furry little bears can take down massive armored attack vehicles before I buy into these fruitcakes sassy adventures. Long way to go for an Ewok joke. I hope it got there. What did you guys forge notes for? I never forged a note. I just signed off on F papers I got. What did you guys ever sign? Exactly what I forged a note for. I yeah. forged my mom's signature. I never once forged a note. I was such a good kid in every way. Nerd. From, south, from the streets nerd. of South Plainfield, Mike? That's that right. That's what we do it down in the, in the 07080, baby. <laughs> <laughs> we obey our parents. I was just down there yesterday for my wife's uh, family Easter party. How, how cute. Oh, very nice. Robin Williams just made poetry class a level one improv class by having Ethan Hawke freestyle his poem. <laughs> now, let's just hope he does not start charging $4,000 a class and get handsy with any female improv students. Mm, inside baseball. That is. Parents that give their kid a desk set for their birthday means one thing to me. That kid was adopted. <laughs> what a lazy, shitty birthday gift. Hey, ladies, would you like to come hang out with a bunch of dudes in a cave barely on school grounds far from any road? What are we doing there? Read poetry? No, 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 no. That's not code for raping. I'm not cool with that. You want to <laughs> borrow my lipstick? For what? <laughs> you want to paint your face like an American Indian? What? You think you'll get a stake in a casino in about 30 years? And who the hell is Elizabeth Warren anyway? <laughs> The Skulls, the movie The Skulls, has more realism than this yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This is probably the only time the movie The Skulls was referenced on a podcast. <laughs> you know Josh what? Jackson, that son of a bitch. And Paul Walker and Coach Craig oh, right, T. Paul Nelson. <laughs> now I got to go. Now, you know what? Now I want to go back and watch that movie. You know what? It's not that bad. No, I'm sure it's not. It's I just remember they all got cool sports cars. Yeah. And bitches for a PG-13 film, yeah. <laughs> okay, now, next thing. Um, the second aspect of realism in this film is that one guy gets drunk and does his best Joe Biden impression by playing with the girl's hair, kisses her, and then gets beat up for doing so. <laughs> yeah. The headmaster. Oh, now, as a tactician from a fraternity, he clearly shows piss-poor pledge-paddle technique. That is a... A lot of alliteration. <laughs> Guys, he's not using any hip torque. His launch angle is way off. And lastly, he is not snapping his wrist to finish it off. Yeah, you can definitely tell that he was definitely a Kappa Delta Row member of a fraternity. <laughs> <laughs> that was Israel's fraternity. You, you, you thought I forgot. You knew that? <laughs> you told me that in, in this in the very episode. Uh, not this episode, another episode. You told me that. And I should have gotten you something for your birthday. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, we get some gravitas in this film. The real scene where Robin Williams and the kid who wants to be in the play, they have a real heart-to-heart -heart moment. It only took an hour and 20 minutes. <laughs> if I bragged to my friends on how I finally read a poem to a girl I liked, I would be mercilessly mocked while someone rubbed, rubbed a pumice stone on my gums. 
<laughs> See? This film should be sued for gross malpractice instructing boys how to talk to women. Show up at her school while reading a poem after you got drunk and kissed her and played with her hair and then got lit up by her boyfriend. And presto, you get the girl. This film and at least three of John Hughes films with the quote unquote nerd getting the girl need to have disclaimers like some Disney cartoons and movies in the Disney network now where it, it the opening credits roll and it should say that doesn't happen. <laughs> John Hughes, John Hughes caused a lot of heartache in young Kevin's life trying to talk to women and go, well, if it worked for, if it worked for John Cryer, it could work for me. <laughs> By the way, they Mandela effect the I guess affected the Mandela effect was prevalent. I'm gonna check. I'm gonna brush up my grammar. The Mandela effect very prevalent because I too, Mike, thought that this was an Ethan Hawke story, not a ensemble story. I thought it was yeah. a, his whole tale. I bet they cut some stuff out. I can't imagine. There's some stuff on the on yeah. the editing room floor. Why wait? <laughs> why would you wait to tell your dad the day before a play if you want him to show up? Tell him a few days in advance because you never know. You have to, may have to go out of town for a trip. If you're scared to death about him, you know, saying no, don't fucking tell him. <laughs> By the way, this dad is more communist Russia than Nikolai Volkov. <laughs> it's a toss up on who was more of a motherfucker of a character played by Kurt Ward Smith, Neil's dad or Clarence Boddicker. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone over the age of 50 in movies wears full pajama shirt and pants with a nightcap. Does anyone actually <laughs> wear them? I wore onesies with the footies in the bottom until I was, I don't know, 10. Then it was a, then it was a T-shirt. The last year. Yeah. <laughs> but those footies stunk to high heaven after Gotta about have the butt two flap. months. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the poop hole thing? Yeah, it's hilarious. Uh it's always been t-shirt and bed shorts guys who wears full pajamas anymore and a night and the nightcap alone with the little yeah. ball the little fuzzy ball at the end yeah never know. never know anyone to do that i have seen baggage come in from newark airport faster than it took the scene for neil to kill himself to unfold <laughs> get on with it god if you couldn't see that coming kids <laughs> insert a shitty hacky stevie wonder blind joke i don't know i'm not gonna do that and surprise the ginger is the rat soulless <laughs> albinos are you surprised i'm not <laughs> uh, now and i know this is before the fact but now this is the equivalent of rudy the film where they turn their jerseys in so that rudy can play in the final game but in this version they all jump on their desk the old oh, captain my captain in solidarity but guess what that's like wearing a condom after she's had the baby dummies it's too late <laughs> By the way, this, Rudy, yeah. this would be like if they all turn their jerseys in after the game. <laughs> yeah, because sorry, Rudy, you know, we're the, we had to play. <laughs> By the way, Rudy had much more charisma and charm banked in this film. Now, let me get this straight. And this is where Kevin Israel is going to come right in here with this lawyer hat. They fire Robin Williams because he inspired a bunch of dorks to read poetry who then went on their own volition to form a group in a cave off school grounds. He indirectly inspired a guy to create, commit 
a first degree sexual assault and then stalk her. Then add him doing a mini seance in front of a trophy case to bring the spirit of a bunch of more vanilla dorks who love poetry to life in the classroom. And what a rogue teacher he is having the class outside. What a beatnik. Go back to in there, you hippie. Christ almighty. <laughs> he, Kevin Israel, how much of a lawsuit can Robin Williams' character bring if that was in today's times? Yeah, well, depending on his uh, his employment agreement, and he wasn't an at-will employee, which I'm sure he wasn't with a school like that. And they probably have some kind of union for the teachers. Um, he's got a he's got a decent grounds for 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 a lawsuit. Now, in 1959, couldn't tell you today, yeah. he'd win. I get that this is a Disney film via touchstone, and I get this is a PG-rated film. What I don't get is there is zero realism, except for those two small examples. I'll just round down to zero. Zero realism in this film. Every boarding school kid I knew, I knew a few, had at least one lurid tale of drug abuse, sex problems, blackmail, everything. Even the most nerdy English lit kids aren't doing anything remotely close what transpired in this film. I know, I'm an immense cynic, but this film was com- was wrought with complete disbelief on all the goings-on of this film. Was Robin Williams all that inspiring here, guys? No. He gave him a little bit of a nudge to think for themselves. And But was that enough of a spark to warrant this rally cry? How many key scenes is Robin Williams in this film? Four to six? maybe and we're all gonna hoist this film on our shoulders and say this is a great film my wife was quoting this film as i was watching it to throw her out i go who's remembering this film no one (laughs) you're all remembering a few key c a carpe you know carpe diem the captain my captain no one is telling you any other scenes that stood out to them it's that's it the real story is the boarding school boarding school kids not robin williams and none of these characters are memorable that is the problem this is viciously predictable and formulaic way way too much horse shit for me to overlook and this was way too hokey i never liked it as a kid i don't like it as an adult robin williams played it right with enough humor i think they could have let him go a little more but no not all you know like i said before patch adams slash um mrs doubtfire the litmus test again what is the what else do you like besides besides the oh captain my captain which is the last 35 seconds of this of this film none it's not quotable there are no memorable scenes people don't re-watch this film i'll re- wager they haven't watched this in a long ass time three out of ten fuck this film wow, wow. All right. I hate it. Oh, I hate it. It's, so when you said that one, Mike, I go, oh, no, no, no. That's why I kind of pushed you to this one. Go, let me <laughs> let me get back on it. Well, you know what's going to happen next here, kids. <laughs> Critics, five-star reviews. An achingly beautiful story of high school boys, wrong, who give up guards of their masculinity and family expectations to believe in something beautiful and real. What? <laughs> I found it inspiring in 1989, but reviewing in uh, 2021, I come to see it as a poster child or movie poster for the insidious, creeping way Hollywood helped sneak communism, Trojan horsewise, into a, into the American movies. Wow. That's a lot to unpack. Yeah. I can't help but melt underneath this movie. It chisels away the cynic and gets at the sap. <laughs> 
a bundle of growing pain blues, flamboyant declarations of self, and doomsday faculty fallops, and it cooks when delivered in big batches of adolescent passion. Who wrote this? Gordon Ramsay? Jesus. <laughs> batches of adolescent passion sounds like something yeah. else. This, yeah. <laughs> Google that. You're on a watch list. I promise yeah, nope. you. Critics, one-star reviews. We are never privy to Keating's personal life. Ah, someone got it right there. We don't know anything about this guy except, like you'd said, Mike, he, she's in London and he's here. That's it. Nor do we grasp why such a talented individual is devoted to pedagogy. Pedagogy. I had to Google that word, to be honest. <laughs> and from the looks of it, you guys do too. <laughs> Google that, you'll be on a watch list too. Bingo. Yeah, I know. I know what it means. <laughs> The moral divisions set moral divisions set up by characters are childishly overdrawn, and worst of all, the behavior shown by the boys and adults frequently reeks of falsity and contrivance. Yahtzee. It's a tearjerker where the tears come from not the heart, but from the aching mind. We cry not because of the sad situations, but because of its at ludicrous attempts at being sad. Not the worst of countless recent movies about kids and hidebound authoritarian older people. It may, however, be the most shameless in its attempt to pander to an adolescent audience. That's uh, spot on. That's where your 200 million came from. <laughs> <laughs> Amazon five-star reviews. This movie is amazing. The lessons you get from it and just everything. They don't make movies like this anymore. Well thought out and everything that this is real things. Life in this world happens. Some people have no idea. We live in a world that when we are born society and our parents pretty much hand us a book of how life should be. That we go to life to college, become a doctor, make money. A guy shouldn't be acting or should doing in this, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Signed, Mike Bichetti. <laughs> Mike's a comic here who refuses to use uh, punctuation on his Facebook post. It's one large run on sentence. That's a joke for eight. It's got everything. Spectacular autumn scenery, secret clubs and societies, gothic architecture, ideas of original slash free thought, studying in drafty dorm rooms or dusty library stacks. Yes. Signed, Marv Albert. I mean, yeah, really? <laughs> who, who's watching a movie for architecture or dusty library know. stacks? I don't know. I swear I cried like 10 times in less than a 20 minute span. Dead emoji, but it was worth it. Smiley face, thumbs up emoji. Slay what you want to slay. Ugh. Yeah. Sign Dame Duty Gents. Oh, well, she's on the something. <laughs> she is on the something here. Okay, okay. Uh, students and educators who advocate for emancipatory education and global education that defy the ingrained, embedded, yet paradoxical ideation of American education that, perpetu that perp yeah, perpetuates, excuse me, that perpetuates the concept of practice and consumer-driven society mentality, which is driven as the one where the members spend the money that they do not own, that they, oh my God, that do not need or ultimately destroys the only planet where humans must live, much watch Dead Poet Society. It provides a different lens from all which we must view the real essence of whys and hows of living our life. Also, all radical Muslims must watch this film. Wow. <laughs> sign, <laughs> sign Colonel Nathan Jessup, Guantanamo Bay. Yeah, really. Amazon five-star reviews. The teacher gives a boy a cool lesson. The boy is a cool lesson, but are too fully to immature. Too, but they are too immature to fully appreciate it. Some don't have a sense of loyalty. Too bad the boys couldn't keep it together instead of being wannabe followers. Didn't like the movie fundamentally. 
Well, someone missed the point here, kids. <laughs> Big time. Uh, I love Robin Williams, but this film has more sap than a hundred foot pine. The story is contrived to a degree that made me think I had seriously missed something. Guys, aren't old trees lacking in sap? It's true. Uh, we caught someone trying to create a colloquialism, but Border <laughs> Patrol stopped in and stuck this one from being right into the lexicon, guys. Last one. Oh, my, my, my. I had never watched this. And after my wife and I were at the site of the film for a rowing regatta, decided on a whim to do so. What a pretentious, tedious disaster of a film. Faux, faux profundity, profundity yeah, and posturing. Couldn't make it to the end. Hey, guys, if you ever see me at a rowing regatta, know this. I have been taken against my will or someone... <laughs> has taken that neuralizer from men in black and erased my memory and also <laughs> and also erased any filter i have for wasting time <laughs> kevin israel did mike price got the sacred cow well he got me to drop my my score by half a point so i'd say hell yeah he did can't argue well done, mike once again. all right five for five <laughs> no jfk didn't get it <laughs> four for five well done Mike. oh Price. all right don't get me started on jfk again that's right, right. <laughs> guys it's been a hoot nanny mike price love you to death kevin israel it's always a pleasure Thank having you. you jump on here we'll see everybody next time take care